Hello, everyone, and welcome to Double Rewind. I am your host, Stephanie Young, here with my co-host. Jillian Young. And uh, we haven't been here for a little bit, but we are back. Um, If you've never listened to our podcast, welcome. Um, I'll tell you a little bit about it. So Double Rewind is a podcast where me and my sister, twin sister Jillian, what we do is we go back in time and either watch, listen, or view media that we should have viewed a while ago. Every once in a while, Jillian will show me like a movie, TV show I haven't seen. I'll show her something she hasn't seen, and then sometimes we'll watch something that we both have not seen before. Um, So today, Jillian is showing me a movie. Yeah, I feel like I haven't shown you a movie in quite a while. I think sometimes... Um, It's hard to find movies that you haven't seen, but I was pleasantly surprised to hear that Stephanie had never fully seen School of Rock, um, which is a very popular movie for a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, I had seen clips, like very small kind of clips of it, um, and I, but I just never seen the entire movie, so that's why I said I hadn't really seen it. Yeah, so also just to preface, and I'm sure Stephanie can say whatever she wants at the end, but so um, this is actually going to be Stephanie's last episode of the podcast. Um, Her schedule, unfortunately, wasn't working anymore with the podcast, so this is going to be Stephanie's last episode, but the podcast is still going to keep going on. Um, I'm still going to host it, um, and it's still going to be the same concept. Um, We're just going to have different guests on um, every week. So most likely like some of my friends who are big like media movie people. Um, But the the podcast is going to be the same, same concept, same everything. Um, Unfortunately, Stephanie just can't do it anymore, but it's going to keep going. We're still going to have good episodes and we're going to be having guests. So um, I'll just be introducing those kind of guests like throughout, um, you know, as they join, but that first episode with, um, our first guest is going to be, I believe, uh, February 12th. So, um, yeah, just wanted to preface that for everyone. Stephanie, I'm sure you could say stuff at the end, but wasn't sure if you wanted to add anything right now. Yeah, um, yeah, like you said, like, my schedule was, I wasn't able to 100%, like, commit to, being able to do it at a certain time every week at a certain moment and like that really wasn't fair to Jillian to not be able to completely you know um commit to it so I'm sure she'll have on some great guests and uh it'll still be the same idea and everything and I'm sure you'll get to like watch a brand new set of like different stuff that maybe you haven't seen from your friends and stuff so that'll be cool yeah, um, and I'll announce what that first episode is going to be um, at the very end, kind of like what we do with the podcast. But so before we kind of get into School of Rock, we are going to do our top three for the week. So the top three for this week is going to be top three movies either related to music or musicals, um, because School of Rock obviously is not a musical, but it's a movie um, that heavily focus uh, focuses on music. So this is a little more broad. So we could pick movies that focus on music or that are musicals. Um, so we're going to do our top three this week. Stephanie, do you want to go through your top three first? Sure. Um, okay, so I had like a bunch on a list, but I will just do my top three. Um, so my number three was Rocket Man. Um, I don't like musicals. But I loved this movie, um, not only because I thought Taron Edgerton was an amazing portrayal of Elton John, and I liked him because he wasn't, like, 100% him. Like, they didn't change his look or anything. He kind of did his own thing, and it was really fun. But the music was really good. But what I liked about it was 
it incorporated his songs with his life story and then during certain times it would play he would sing a song that kind of dealt with the situation he was dealing with but it was really the songs Elton John had so it was a very good mix between a musical and a music biopic so I thought it was very inventive and it was a lot of fun Um, my number two is Whiplash which is um, Miles Teller and J.K. Simmons and it's Miles Teller trying to be a drummer for like a concert band and then and and then uh jk simmons is like this teacher who's so incredibly like aggressive and it's just a very very good movie um and then my number one is tick tick boom that came out last year last year i think two years ago it came out in 2021 it's actually been a while yeah um so yeah andrew garfield um is portraying oh my gosh i'm blanking on his name jonathan larson Um, the guy who did rent and jonathan larson him what would you say jonathan larson oh jonathan larson yes oh yeah also sorry Um, to everyone we're doing this virtually this week so in case the audio sounds a little strange that's why that's probably why stephanie didn't hear me a few times yeah jonathan larson so it's his uh musical that he tried to put together before rent and it's it was called tick tick boom but it's so incredibly heartfelt andrew garfield's incredible and i would say that's my number one great no those are good picks um whiplash was going to be in my top three um but then i kind of like was thinking about it so that was pretty close but so my top three my number three people might laugh but my number three is lemonade mouth um i think lemonade mouth is such an amazing disney channel movie and i know like it's different compared to the movie stephanie said but it's a movie it's kind of like a musical movie um but i've never quite seen disney channel put out such a great movie like i think this tops high school musical all of those like this was just one of those movies no one saw coming and the people that are obsessed with it are obsessed with it and the the music is like there's like no skips i bought that soundtrack when i was younger no skips it really is a great movie um so number two for me is actually going to be tick tick boom um like stephanie had mentioned it's with andrew garfield playing jonathan larson um i just found this movie and again i don't really like musicals that much either but i thought the music in this was great i thought the portrayal jonathan larson from andrew garfield was amazing and also had like great other people like alexandra ship and um vanessa hudgens um and it's just honestly a really really great movie i think it got snubbed a few times at the golden globes and oscars of the year but um it's a phenomenal movie i would highly suggest it and then my number one is sing street um sing street is i feel like not a lot of people have seen it which is kind of upsetting um but it's kind of like i think it's it's not british in my oh in dublin um so it's basically just about a boy living in dublin and he kind of like has a strained family life and he starts to he decides to start a band to impress a girl he likes the music in it is great the movie is so heartfelt it has a great script great everything like it, it just was one of those movies that i loved from the moment i saw it so that's definitely going to be my number one yeah well it's funny that you said not a lot of people like know it because it's not like a wildly popular movie but it's funny because the guy who did it did the movie once which is really famous and then begin again with Kira knightley and mark ruffalo and he's more known for those than sing street um because i think sing street was his movie afterwards so i was surprised that after those two that people loved that no one it sing street wasn't as much of a 
cultural hit as like begin again so that was interesting to me yeah i highly recommend it though it's really great um so that's our top three sorry what sorry i was gonna say one movie that was like close to getting in my top three is love and mercy um it's a biopic of brian wilson from the beach boys but it's not in the sense of oh how did he make these songs it's about his conservatorship that he was in being manipulated by his um not boss but like uh i don't know the word for it his manager he was being in a conservatorship being manipulated and all that and it does that in the movie and it takes that part of his life and it's very very good i would highly recommend it i definitely have to see that yeah i've heard of it but i haven't seen it so i'll have to add that to my list um but okay so let's get into school of rock so School of Rock is it was a 2003 comedy film directed by Richard Linklater, which I had absolutely no idea this was Richard Linklater until I watched the first minute and I saw it and I was mind blown um, because I feel like a lot of his other movies are not very similar to this, but we'll get into that. So it was produced by Scott Rudin and written by Mike White. The film stars Jack Black, Joan Cusack, Mike White, and Sarah Silverman. So basically the movie is about Jack Black's character who his name is Dewey Finn. Um, he play, plays like a struggling rock guitarist who's fired from his band and subsequently poses as a substitute teacher at a prestigious prep school. Um, and after witnessing the musical talent of the students at the school, Dewey forms a band of fourth graders to attempt to win the upcoming Battle of the Bands so he can use his winnings to pay his rent. So I'm sure everyone is kind of like, already knows that um but yeah that's kind of the plot of it so school of rock was released october 3rd 2003 by paramount pictures um it grossed about 131 million worldwide on a 35 million dollar budget and the film received positive reviews um from critics with praise for black's performance and humor it was the highest grossing music themed comedy of all time until the release of pitch perfect 2 in 2015 Um, A stage musical adaption was also opened on Broadway in December 2015, and a television adaption for Nickelodeon premiered on March 12, 2016. Um, So I'll get just a little bit more into some of the critical response. So um, School of Rock received an approval rating of 92% on Rotten Tomatoes based on 202 reviews with an average rating of 7.7 out of 10. So the site's critical consensus reads that Black's exuberant, gleeful performance turns School of Rock into a hilarious, rocking good time. On Metacritic, the film has a score of 82 out of 100 based on 41 reviews, indicating universal acclaim, which Metacritic, I feel like, is a lot more, um, like, picky than Rotten Tomatoes. Like, I feel like it's really, really hard to get a good score on Metacritic. So I was, like, happy to see that this got an 82 out of 100. Yeah, I mean, um, no, yeah, like Metacritic definitely, well, Metacritic is the way it's average is people give a score out of 100 and they're like, oh, I think it was a 73 as opposed to where like Rotten Tomatoes is like, it's either rotten or fresh. So you're getting like a really rotten or fresh and you're getting um, the median of that. So if like nine people say it's good and one person says it's bad, it gets a 90% as opposed to like everyone who sees it says like, oh, I think it was a 70 out of 100. So that's why it's easier to get a better rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Um, okay, I guess I didn't really know that, which is good. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really not surprised from that. So before um, 
we get into the, the discussion questions, always kind of ask Stephanie's or, you know, our initial thoughts on the movie. Um, so kind of really quickly, what were your initial thoughts after finally seeing School of Rock? Uh, so I liked it. It was cute. Um, I think I liked it more than I thought I was going to. Um, but it, I thought it was really uh, a lot of fun, first of all. I thought Jack Black was really um, fun in it. Um, I really liked the most about this movie was it's a bunch of these kids in this like very prestigious prep school. And obviously their parents see something like rock and roll to be kind of like below them. And they see like learning instruments like the piano, the violin, the cello as more elite. Um, so something I love about this movie is it shows that some of these kids were so talented with like the electric guitar, the bass guitar, singing, um, keyboards, stuff like that. And I like the idea of this movie of being like, no matter what your talent is, even if it's seen as like not elite or, or not as prestigious as being like a doctor or lawyer, like you have to run with it because if you are the best in something, anything then that's going to make your life worthwhile. It doesn't matter what it is. It could be something as simple as, you know, writing poetry to being a doctor, like find what you're good at. And I like how these kids got to find what they're good at instead of having to be placed in these prestigious boxes as fourth graders instead. Yeah, it's interesting. So I also really enjoyed the movie. I think I saw this movie really only like four years ago, to be honest. Um, and I... I remember not liking it back then as much as I do as I did this time. Not that I didn't like it, but I remember watching it this time last week. And maybe I was half paying attention the first time, but seeing it this time, I was like, okay, like I really, really enjoyed that. Like you said, I think Jack Black's performance um, is really amazing. And like I could just picture him doing a lot of improv um, <laughs> with this movie, um, just like based on just like how great his personality was. And I was really um also captivated by the kids like the kids were fun and I feel like this was probably a lot of like their first movies as well and I think all the kids collectively made it like a really fun movie as well kind of um side by side with Jack Black so I really enjoyed it um so kind of getting into the, the discussion questions the first one I wanted to ask you was you obviously hadn't seen this film until now what was the reason for that was it lack of interest you just didn't get around to it like why so it's a simple answer for me. I don't like movies about music. <laughs> like, I, I just like, it's not that I don't think they're good. I just, I don't, I, I don't want to say I don't like music because obviously I like music, but just music as a general theme in a movie just doesn't interest me. <laughs> I don't know why. Like, it's just never been a, a genre I've been huge on. Um, especially like musicals or just being like, oh, we're gonna like a band, like anything that has to do with like a rock band or like 70s like music. I'm just like, oh, I don't want to watch this. And it, and it's hard because I go see pretty much everything in theaters, but I could count on one hand the number of like music biopics that have come out in the last 10 years that I've seen. I, like I didn't see Bohemian Rhapsody. I didn't see the Aretha Franklin movie. I'm not going to see the, the Jimi Hendrix movie. Like I, it's just not a genre I like. And I know this isn't a musical, but anything that has to do with music is, I can't explain it. It's just like not of my personal interest. So I think that's why I didn't get around to seeing this, but I'm glad I definitely did because it is a lot of fun. Yeah, that's fair. I actually really love um, movies about music. I think that just comes from, I, I like to play music. 
So yeah, like, and I'm, I think I'm, that's definitely why. <laughs> yeah, no, I get that. I think I'm I I think just in general, like I maybe I'm just like a little more captivated by like certain things related to music than you again like you had kind of mentioned but probably just because I play music so I have that connection but my reason that I realized that I didn't see this until four years ago was this movie came out when I was eight years old and this was rated PG-13 so I didn't realize that and I realized when it came out I technically was not allowed to see this movie and I remember our mom saying we couldn't because it was rated PG-13 so I think I just kind of was like oh well I can't see it and then I just never got around to seeing it because I missed that prime of it being in theaters. So that's why I hadn't seen it until maybe four years ago. Yeah, I mean, it's weird. It's always been, like, on my radar. I always thought it was PG until I, like, really looked at it. And again, I didn't know it was by Richard Linklater either. I was like, the hell? <laughs> this is so weird. Um, but then when I saw it was by Richard Linklater, I'm like, okay, I can already kind of see, like, maybe why this is better than I assume it's going to be. Um, yeah. But yeah, like, I, I think I agree that you like music. You like playing music. You like singing. You like doing all that stuff. And I feel like you've always been more into it than I have. I'm not musical at all. I can't play anything. I can't sing. I can't do shit. Um but you have been good at it and stuff like that. And I feel like you like mu movies about music. So it's really just preference of why I hadn't seen it till now. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. So um, next question. So it seems like one of the main points of discussion as to why this is a good film is mostly because of Jack Black's performance. How did you feel about Jack Black's character and performance? And do you think he was the driving force of this film? Or do you think the kids also played just as much as a part like, as a reason why it was positively acclaimed. Yeah, I mean, I also think this is another reason maybe why I wasn't as apt to see it. I was never a huge Jack Black person. I thought sometimes he was a little bit too energetic and exuberant for my taste. Like, and especially in the very beginning scene of this movie when he's rocking with his band and he's just going outstandingly like balls to the walls. I'm like, this is kind of why I wasn't always a big fan of him. I feel like he's doing just too much. Um, but I, I think he did a really good job in this movie. I liked his performance because when he was not like on stage rocking out, like he was his same personality, but he was toned down. But he was more in like a funny, like talking to kids kind of like energetic way. So I think he was definitely the driving force for this movie um, because the way he reacts to like the kids and tries to get them involved with music is really like the characteristics of what a teacher should be, which is funny because in the movie he's seen as like someone who can't actually teach and he's not like that status as the rest of the teachers. But the way he communicates with the kids and gets them interested and gives them encouragement is really what a teacher should be. So I liked that element of it, and I liked seeing him in that kind of role. Um, the other thing with the kids is I thought the kids were good. Um, I liked how they incorporated pretty much every kid in the class as an actor to be a decently big part of the movie. Like, a lot of times when you have movies with, like, kid ensembles, you'll look at maybe one or two, and they're the big ones, and the rest are kind of background. But I felt like pretty much all the kids were not background, and they all had some kind of purpose, or at least some scene with him. So I appreciated that. Yeah, so I agree. I was never a big Jack Plack fan as well. Nothing, like, against him, but again, like, I think he was just too much for me. 
And I think that's why I also maybe didn't see this movie until now. And his character really is kind of like a lot. So like partway through the movie, I was kind of like, okay, obviously his performance is great. But like, am I a big fan of his like actual character? I was like, uh, he's just like a little too much for me. But then when he started to like communicate to the kids, especially the scene where I forget what her name is, but it was like that bigger girl. And she's like, no one wants to hear me sing. They're going to say I'm like fat and all of that. And like the way he talked to her to be like, you know, who's also like big and like all this me and like the way he talked to her, I was like, this man, like, obviously he's like kind of crazy in some ways, but he has such a great heart and a way of talking to children. And I think that's when his character really started to turn around for me where it's like, okay, yeah, maybe he's a little much, but at the same time, like he really is like, he's just really great with these kids. And that's something that I like to see in terms of like just the children in general, like I liked them just as much as Jack Black. Like I all think they kind of had their different personalities and the fact that they were all different coming together made the camaraderie like really interesting. Um, and I do, do like that they pretty much made every kid like a main character. It really was great. Um, so yeah, you I'm, oh, go ahead. I was going to say that I loved the kid who was the drummer who gave me like Malfoy vibes. Yeah, he was funny. like I I liked him because he really reminded me of like the kids in the class that are either like goofier or the the teachers normally see them as like a troublemaker, but they really have talents that either are not being seen or the teachers aren't trying to get that out of them. And I felt like his character was funny. He had my favorite line in the beginning when Jack Black's just like, I'm hungover. Do you know what that means? He's like, it means you're drunk. And he's like, no, it means I was drunk yesterday and I'm hungover today. He's like, if you're, he's like, so you're an alcoholic. And he's like, no, I'm not. And he's like, only alcoholics would come hungover the next day. Dude, you got a disease. Yeah, it was funny. I just died it was so funny yeah that was definitely funny he was a great character um so i kind of already asked you well you kind of already answered this but i guess you can kind of elaborate how do you generally feel about films centered around the concept of music but not it could be not necessarily a musical um but how would you compare it to other films of this kind of genre um so as an example i just said i find most films about music to be a little bit more mature so for example like Almost Famous, Sound of Metal, Wedding Singer, Whiplash, things like that. Um, Less music movies related to children. So I guess, yeah, like, you don't have to go too far into how you feel about it because you said it. But I guess how would you compare this to other movies kind of in its genre? Yeah, real quick, you mentioned Sound of Metal, and I saw that when I was looking up movies. That would have been my number one, but Sound of Metal is, like, it's a lot more about the deaf community and him going deaf rather than the music, so I didn't include it, but that would have been my number one because I love that movie. Um, So, I actually... This is weird. I think I'd be more apt to see a musical than a movie biopic. I think there's three kinds. There's music, music, sorry, musicals. There's uh, biopics about musicians and then movies that just like have to do with music. I like despise music biopics. I think they're so boring. They all follow the exact same structure all of them have relatively the same story and it's just something I could read on Wikipedia and it's so not fun at all. Musicals are a whole different thing. And then uh, movies about music, it has to be something that intrigues me. Like if it's just about a musician or something, it's, I, it doesn't intrigue me at all. But if it's about like, 
I don't know, like how music maybe stops someone from being like depressed or maybe how it helps them through really difficult times in life. I think I'm more apt to see something like a drama like that. Um, but when it's just solely like about a musician, I'm bored to death. So generally, I'm not like a huge fan of these kind of things. But this movie compared to others in the genre, like, um, I think it was one of the, one of the better ones, to be honest. Um, I think like Whiplash, like I mentioned, really good. Tick, Tick, Boom's a more of a musical and Rocketman's actually a musical. Um, but I thought it was definitely more up there with the mu- movies about music. That makes sense. Um, like I kind of mentioned, I really, out of the three things, like music biopics, I'm also not the biggest fan of. I do really like music around the con or movies around the concept of music. And then musicals, it's like really hit or miss for me. I'm not a big musical person, but I feel like if it really has like kick ass music, like I definitely like it. Um, but I feel like I kind of went into that um, already. Um, but except I was going to say that you like Rocket Man. That's the one biopic you really like, which I really love Rocket Man too. I think Taron Egerton was great. And I think it was a lot more interesting to me than a lot of the other musical biopics. Yeah, I think the reason I liked that one a lot is it really does the normal structure that I absolutely hate, like almost like childhood to stardom and all that. But the way that they incorporate his Elton John's music into it is so much fun and it has so many good like musical sequences that I think it was able to elevate the normal terrible structure and make it a lot of fun. Yeah, definitely makes sense. So how did you feel about the PG-13 rating? So this came out around a time when we weren't really allowed to see PG-13 PG-13 movies, but with so many child stars in it, this concept always confused me of movies that, depending on the rating, can't always be seen by children, but there's a ton of children in it. So what is your kind of opinion on that, and how do you feel about this movie being like a PG-13 rating? So I'm trying to put myself back in like the year it came out because we weren't 13. But um, so first of all, I think that it would make sense this movie's PG-13 because I'm sure that they marketed it back then being like, oh, it's Richard Linklater. And it would make people who are more into film be like, oh, it's Richard Linklater's next movie. And Jack I'll go Black. see it. Right. Um, but I, I think the PG-13 rating is good because... I think what movies don't understand nowadays is if you're dealing with a certain topic that is like 13 or 17, like you should rate it accordingly. You shouldn't be rating things just because there's like language or violence. Like to me, like rock and roll music is a very like, it's like a very like, um, kind of more mature thing it like digs into the emotions of like depression like uh authority like rebellion and like those are more like like this movie was saying like stick it to the man kind of like music and i think that kind of music should be in more of a pg-13 way because if you make it pg you're just kind of uh you're kind of watering it down and especially with that genre of music i think you need it to be more of like the rawness that it is um, and they deal with a lot of rock and roll on that those aspects. So I think that's good with PG-13. I know there's a lot of kids in it, um, but I think they were at, able to add a little bit more edge to the movie with it. And because you're dealing with rock and roll, like there should be that edge to it. So I think it was perfectly rated and it makes sense that it would be this rating. 
Yeah, I mean, to be honest, when I finished the movie, I thought it was PG. Um, So when I found out this was PG-13, part of me was kind of like, I feel like this movie could have easily been PG and not a lot would have been changed at all. Um, Because I really think there was just maybe like a little bit of language, but like nothing that the kids did or that Jack Black did was necessarily like really that bad. So um, I think it's fine that it was PG-13 also because, I mean, when we were eight, we weren't allowed to see movies like that, but it seems like every other person we knew was allowed to. Um, So I think it was fine being PG-13. If anything, it makes sense because Jack Black's character is definitely more of like a PG-13 type person. And it really focused on him. And like you said, with Richard Linklater, it could be um, more marketed to, to people who like that movie. So it definitely makes sense. It's just like when I was younger, it always confused me of like, this is already PG-13, but there's like so many kids in it. Like, why wouldn't I be able to see it? But I guess it's more of like a parental thing. Um, so second to last question. So what was the general message that you got out of the film? And do you think that they executed it well? Um, so the general theme I got out of this movie as no matter, like I kind of said, no matter what your talent is, go for it a hundred percent and don't try to do something that you think is like more prestigious or something other people will appreciate. You have to go with what you're good at, no matter what it is and stick with it. And I like that message and I think they executed it really well, um, with, with Jack Black's character about he loves music and playing music and he's like oh i want to be in a rock band but it turns out that his talent is playing music and he has that but he was able to use his talent in a way that better suited him which was helping kids learn how to play music and stuff like that and he never was like oh i'm not in this rock band anymore i'm just gonna quit on music like that's it um, so he kept with it. And then the same with the kids is a bunch of them were playing like keyboard, were playing like piano and cello and they liked that. But then when they saw these other instruments and this other form of music they liked, they wanted to go for that and they were even better at it. So I think that was the message generally. And I think they did it really well. And it's one of the reasons I really enjoyed the movie. Yeah, I think, I mean, personally, yeah, the general message I got of that, out of it was really like, discovering your like inner talents and like you kind of said like these kids were kind of put into this school and it's like you know they probably wanted their kids to be doctors and lawyers and all that kind of stuff and it's like everyone has a talent and once you're able to find that it's really great when you start running with it and become really passionate about it but really the message to me was like them discovering their inner talents because not even like Jack Black but and the parents but the kids probably didn't even know that they had these kind of talents within them um so being able to discover your inner talents I think is great and especially for kids like sometimes people don't even discover their talents until way later in life so I really liked how the kids were able to do this and like you kind of said I think they really did execute it well especially with so many different kids who had different personalities and different backgrounds being like musically talented and it shows that being musically talented isn't like specific to a certain kind of person I guess you can say um yeah so that's that kind of what sense. I got out of it um so the last question is how would you compare this film to other Richard Linklater films. So, for example, some Richard Linklater films that I've seen is Boyhood, Everybody Wants Some, um, what else? I'm looking through this. I've seen Bad News Bears. Yeah, but all, I mean, all of these movies are, to me, very different. How would you compare it to a lot of his films? 
Yeah, so I've seen a couple of them. I've always wanted to see Dazed and Confused, and I'm so curious of why I haven't. But I've seen School of Rock, Bad News Bears. Um, did I see before? Everybody Wants Some. I saw Everybody Wants Some. I saw Boyhood, and they saw his newest one that hasn't been released yet, which is Hitman, that I saw at the New York Film Festival or Tribeca, I personally didn't like it, and I had, like, strong opinions of why I didn't, but, like, everyone else loved it, so good for them. So compared to, I think it's one of my favorite ones um, that I've seen. I think Boyhood's probably the best I've seen. Um, Everybody Wants Some. I love that one. Bad News Bears is fun, and then this one was good, but I haven't seen as much of him as I thought, Um, but he's also doing Merrily We Roll Along, um, which is going to be Paul Meskel, um, which will be interesting because it's a musical and I didn't know we could sing. Um, but yeah, it's probably one of my favorite ones, but I haven't seen enough to really say, I guess. Yeah, I've basically seen the same ones as Stephanie, I feel like, except the new one, Hitman. I just feel like this is so much different. Like, I feel like certain movies, like Everybody Wants Some, Boyhood, and things like that, like, they're all movies that, like, it doesn't follow a certain plot. It's kind of just following the days of like a bunch of people, kind of like a like in an anime, like a slice of life, like a day in the what life movie? kind I'm of. I'm sorry. Um, I'm talking about like movies like Everybody Wants Some and Boy. Oh they're yeah, yeah. Like, gotcha. They're kind of just like a day in the life kind of movies, and I feel like this had a very specific plot and a very specific structure, like you know, beginning, middle, end with a climax, and like you kind of knew where it was going. So. Based on the ones I've seen, it's definitely very different. But I would also say I think this is one of my favorite Richard Linklater ones. Um, So let's get into some trivia. So early in filming, Robert, and I'm sorry if I pronounce his last name wrong, Sow, who is the, the piano kid, approached director Richard Linklater and tried to talk to him, talk him out of letting him be in the movie because he felt he wasn't right for the role. Linklater responded that it was it was his very insecurity that made him exactly right for the role and kept him in so fittingly his character lawrence has a very similar conversation with dewey about not feeling right for his role in the band yeah was the he was the the asian kid correct yeah the the one that played okay yeah 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 that's that's very interesting because that's such like an idea of the movie is some of these kids like just don't feel as secure in their roles so that's interesting and obviously he did a good job so I'm glad but I I couldn't I'm I couldn't imagine being like I don't know if I'm right for the role like that's really I'm glad he he stayed in it and that's great yeah I thought that was really cute um it kind of shows that I feel like the character who's playing is probably the same that he was in real life and I find that really cute um so next one is Jack Black thought of all the nicknames for the kids and I'm not surprised by this because I feel like so much of this movie could have been improved because Jack Black is like that, and I wouldn't have known the difference. Yeah, I, I mean, some of them were like, oh, you're Blondie and whatever, so I'm sure all the nicknames were, like, on the spot. Yeah, exactly, but I feel like that's definitely just, like, the kind of person that Jack Black is. Um, so all the kids really play their instruments, and the backup singers are real vocalists. Jack Black also played guitar in the movie, for example, when he was teaching Smoke in the Water, Iron Man, and other songs to Zack, but he didn't do the guitar solos. Yeah, I mean, the guitar solos were, like, really intense, so, like, that doesn't surprise me, but, 
Yeah, I mean, why make a movie about kids who can do instruments and not actually try to get... No, You know, the reason they definitely had to get kids who could play instruments was because even if they're not actually playing them in the movie, they have to know what it looks like to actually play them. Like, if you put a guitar in front of me and were, like, pretend to play for a movie, I'd probably keep my fingers in the same place. It would make no sense. But, like, you, they could, they might be like, oh, you know, pretend. And you'd be able to pretend to know where to put your fingers where, like, I wouldn't. Yeah, I thought it was really awesome that the kids played their own instruments because for some reason I did not think that that would be the case at all. So I wonder if it was, like, an, um, like an audition process, but at the same time, like... They're like, we, you got to be able to play your instruments. And that's also why some of them got the roles. Um, so I found that interesting. So the idea for the movie came from writer Mike White, who moved into a part, who moved into an apartment next to Jack Black. White would often find Jack Black running around naked through the halls or blasting a, a lot of his music featured in the movie at full volume. I would have never thought this to be the case. I I mean, he must have been already, like, a fan of Jack Black because I can't even stand when my neighbors play music that I would just be like, like, dude, like, fuck you if that was my neighbor. So, like, good. it's a good thing that he, like, appreciated it and it was like he used him as, like, a muse, but, like, that would annoy me. Yeah, he got, a mu- he got like, a, a movie out of it, um, but that was awesome. So, last trivia. So, the screenplay originally called for Jack Black and Joan Cusack's characters to fall in love Following their outing at the bar, um, in the 2015 musical adaption, their characters are romantically involved. I think it, I think it would be kind of stupid for them to be romantically involved in this movie, so I'm glad that they kind of kept that out of there, but then at the same time, it's like, okay, in the 2015 musical adaption that they fell in love, and it's like, there doesn't always have to be people falling in love in movies. No, yeah, I agree. I I could see how she could fall in love with him because she's very prim and proper and, like, there's always a part of someone that wants to, like, break out. So I could see how she could find him attractive, but I can't see how he would find her attractive being, like, very, oh, you know, everything has to be perfect like this. Like, that doesn't fit his personality. Yeah, I would agree with that as well. It could have been the other way around, but not Jack Black. Um, So let's get into some of the goofs. So... When they get to the Battle of the Bands, he tells the woman, we are competing, we are the School of Rock. They were already on the bill, and then the name of the band, and then the name of the band happened later, and there didn't seem to be any time for the person backstage to have that name listed on her clipboard. I don't know why, like, I added this because I wasn't completely sure what they were saying. I was wondering if you knew. Uh, when we get to, okay, tells the woman we're competing, we are the School of Rock, and then the name of the band happened later. Oh, he, um, I I'm think it's saying, like, he said we're the School of Rock, and then they didn't actually, like, the kids didn't name the band until later. Oh, so it looks like he already had the name, and then, like, when the kids came up with it, that he, us as the audience would be like, I thought they were already named that. Maybe that's oh, what it means. Oh, okay, maybe that's what it is. Um, so next goof, when the School of Rock are on stage with their big show, Dewey excitedly plays the lead guitar break after the first verse, where he dramatically is flailing and stomping around on the stage. Looking closely, you can see his feet getting dangerously tangled in the blue guitar cord used by Katie on bass. However, in the next shot from a different angle, that specific blue cord is nowhere to be seen on the floor near Dewey's 
guitar theatrics. That's definitely because people saw this happen and they're like, that's a liability that he's going to like fall and crack his head open. So they definitely like cut the scene and then removed it, but maybe kept the initial one because maybe he was just like rocking out really well. Yeah, I'm sure it was just like a cut. They're like cut and then they just distangled it. I didn't realize it. So I, I didn't either. So, during the Battle of the Band scene, the Horace Green parents all shove their way to the front of the stage. However, in long shots and during Dewey's stage diving shots, they are nowhere to be seen. That's funny, because a lot of the time they kept showing them up front, so I guess I didn't... Like, you're looking at the band, you're not really looking at them, so... And at the same time, I didn't add this goof, but it said that... Not goof, but it was, like, more of a trivia that they used, like, stunt people to be able to catch him, which makes sense why none of the parents would be seen, because they probably couldn't hold him up. Right. Yeah. So, Dewey Finn would have never been allowed to simply return home to his apartment after his scheme was revealed to the police. He would have been arrested on the spot. However, Ned decided not to press charges. Yeah, I mean, from, I've worked, obviously, I've worked in a school for a year, and, like, schools nowadays are very much, like, we need to know who you are, like, you know, what your purpose is here. So, for them to find out that he was impersonating someone else, then again, the school would be liable that they didn't, like, double check, but yeah, he would have been, like, arrested. Yeah, exactly. Um, last two. So when the students return from music class and begin practicing their first rock lesson with Dewey, we hear sounds coming from two guitars, a bass, and a keyboard. But there are no amplifiers anywhere in the room other than the little pocket amp hanging at Dewey's side. That's just movie yeah, magic. I, yeah, I mean, that's the other thing is uh, a lot of times, for example, like when you are watching a movie and if someone has their headphones on and they're listening to music, you're not going to have the have the audio be like as shitty as it would be in headphones you're gonna have it like the way a movie would be so i wouldn't have even think about that i'd just be like oh they're amplifying it for the movie so we can hear it better yeah exactly so last one is the climatic battle of the bands event that the kids cut school to attend would typically be held at night not on a weekday morning or afternoon when the musicians and audience members would most likely be at work or school Oh my gosh, that's so true. Because they would always do like, I think of the scene in Freaky Friday when they do Battle of the Bands. It's like late at night during the wedding rehearsal. And like, they would never just do it at like 1pm on a like Tuesday. Midday. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that's actually the end of the goofs and kind of our discussion. Um, I'm gonna ask you like, out of 10, how would you rate School of Rock? Um, I think I would rate it like a 7.8 out of 10. Okay, that's fair. I was going to rate it an 8 out of 10. I thought it was really great, and I definitely definitely liked it more this time than I did the first time. I think I was just half paying attention the first time. Yeah, now it's a definite, like, I like seeing movies like this because now I know if it's ever on TV, I could just put it on. I don't like putting on movies that I think one day I'll watch and putting it on in the middle, but now I can just put it on when it's on TV and, like, already be in it. Yeah, exactly. So that's kind of it for School of Rock. Before we wrap up, um, we kind of should have done this in the beginning, but is there any, like, and we don't have to go too, too deep, but is there any, like, movies recently that you've seen that you've enjoyed, kind of anything new that has come out? Yeah, I mean, January is a rough month for movies. 
Um, but I did see, I've been re-watching a couple movies, um, but I did see The Beekeeper in theaters, which I was like, I don't know, this is going to be a very generic action movie. It was a lot of fun. It was like a political thriller, and I would recommend it. It was so much fun. Um, I rewatched The Suicide Squad again, like The Suicide Squad, the James Gunn one. Phenomenal. So funny. Um, I rewatched uh The Killing of a Sacred Deer, which I saw in theaters when it came out, and I remember being like, ugh, I don't really like this that much. But I gave it a second shot, and I gave it like a three and a half out of five. It still has some um some gripes for me, but it's Yorgos Lanthimos who did poor things, which is out right now. Um, so I actually liked it better this time, and it stars, uh, Barry Keoghan, so everyone's big on him with Saltburn. And then lastly, I watched for the first time The King's Man, which is the prequel to The Kingsman movies. It really wasn't that, it wasn't that good. It was, like, it had no, like, action spunk that the normal Kingsman had. Essentially, like, he should have just made a World War I movie, and left it at that because it essentially is a world war one movie where there's like a couple instances where they refer to kingsmen okay yeah i mean that kind of sucks just because i i really like kingsmen and i've always been curious but um yeah so just in terms i've actually seen quite a few movies in january not all like in theater movies um i did see poor things i thought poor things was great the thing about poor things though is like halfway through the movie i was like I don't like this. And then once it actually comes full circle and it like, I decide I was like, okay, like this was actually really good. And the production design was great and the cinematography and like the acting. So I really enjoyed poor things. I saw Foe, which was like, okay. Um, Rewatched Happy Death Day, which is fantastic. Saw Mean Girls, which I know a lot of people shit on, but I thought it was like fun. Um, And then I saw Terrifier 2 without seeing Terrifier 1, which wasn't, it, it made sense, but it also, I feel like I should have seen Terrifier, uh, the first one. Um, and then I watched, finally finished all the Scream movies, which was Scream 5 and Scream 6, which I both thought were great. But I have no idea what they're doing with Scream 7, because, like, everyone's, like, gone. Yeah, um, I, aside from movies, I finished Fargo Season 5. It just ended. Um, phenomenal. I'm, I'm starting to watch the seasons of Fargo that I never saw before, which is 2, 3, and 4. And then I had the whole weekend to myself, and after watching, like, so many movies, I was like, I need to watch something that I'm just gonna turn my brain off. So I actually started Love Island UK Season 5. Oh my god. Have you seen that? I've gotten- I've- I've watched like half to three quarters of seasons of Love Island and I've never finished it because it's so fucking long. It's 50 episodes, but the I know reason, that's the why only I never I started this. It. The only reason I started it was because apparently season five is the best season. I was like, I just need a dumb reality show. So I've been watching it and like, it's a lot less trashy than uh, US TV shows. So like, I've actually been generally liking it. Like I, since I work out every day, I always watch something when I work out. So it's such an easy workout show. So I've been, I've been doing that. that. No, I get that. And I I used to feel that way about Love Island. And I think I've gotten to like episode 30s and I'm like, I just, I then I find something else that I'm more interested in because I don't think I could watch Love Island for like months and months, but that definitely makes sense. I'm trying to see if I started any TV shows. Um, yeah. I'm kind of just continuing Gilmore Girls, to be honest. 
Well, the last thing I'm watching is there's only two episodes out right now. I only saw the first one was I'm uh, True Detective season four is out, um, which I've seen season one and season three and they're phenomenal. And the first episode of season four is so good and it's night country. So it takes place in. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I forgot what place it is, um, but it's like a snowy region and it's really good so far. And I, there's only one episode. Gotcha. Um, so that's kind of it for us. I'll introduce kind of what we're going to be talking about next week before Stephanie kind of says like her final words. Um, but so I'm going to have my friend Ryan on for the first episode. Ryan is probably one of our most dedicated listeners. Um, he definitely, he watches like all of the movies or shows or listens to music before we release any of the episodes. So he's a great person to start off the show with, um, because he's so familiar with the podcast. Um, and I'm really happy that he's going to be on, if anything. And, you know, it's hard to get a guest. Ryan will probably be, like, the most reoccurring person um, on the podcast. But our first episode is Ryan has never seen Mean Girls. So he's going to see Mean Girls. And then just because I feel like um, it's possible, who knows if he'll see the new one and we'll be able to compare. But, yeah, Ryan is going to be experiencing Mean Girls from the first time, which I feel like is is really um, timely because of the new musical that's coming out. That's going to be so interesting because someone seeing it now, I mean, it still is so relevant and it ages so well. So to me, him watching it now would be like me watching it 10 years ago. So I'm interested. I'm sure he'll like it. Um, but yeah, I've noticed that he's been like watching stuff before every episode. So it seems like he's very dedicated, which I was always like, that is so kind of him. Yeah, so he'll be a perfect first guest. Um, so that'll be exciting. So, um, Stephanie, is there anything you kind of want to say since this will be like your last episode? Any like goodbyes or farewells? Yeah, I mean, thank you to anyone who ever listened and, uh, enjoyed anything I ever said. <laughs> I try to be as like you know, as, uh, truthful as I can with stuff, and, like, if anyone listened, like, I appreciate it, anyone who's ever left a comment or listened to podcasts, like, I appreciate it, but, um, I'm sure you'll do well with, uh, Ryan and your other guests and all that, um, and you'll have to let me know if, like, anyone shows you a movie that's been really good, and I'm sure you'll get a different variety of stuff, so thank you to anyone who listened or liked anything I ever had to say on the podcast yeah it was of course great having you and it's def- obviously we're twins and sisters so it's not like we're never gonna talk again but like yeah so <laughs> it was great having you on but um I know maybe you'll you'll I don't know if you will like continue listening to the podcast when you have the time like maybe you'll be interested in like the mean girls one when Ryan comes on oh yeah for sure yeah um, so that's it for, um, I'm announcing this as Double Rewind Season 1. Um, season 2 will be starting, kind of like with the new, con- not new concept, but having guests on every week. We'll, the first episode will come out February 12th. Um, so we'll be definitely excited for Season 2. So hope everyone has a good rest of their week, and I'll see you next time. All right, bye. Bye.